Check, check. Where I belong featuring baby flowers. Perhaps. Aiden. Aiden. Just real quick. Aiden. Aiden. All right, well, we're going to welcome to Friday Night Live. So glad that you're here today. And uh, look like we have a small but mighty crowd here today. We can probably kill the uh, countdown. I think we're ready to go now so we can all get ready. I'm so happy uh, that you're here tonight, Friday Night Live. Again, I always say that this is the hungry, the hungry people that are all here. Yes. Oh, well, we're talking about hits. Then <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get rolling. So uh, just wanted to check to make sure that we had some special announcements over there. But God is good. So, hey, tomorrow we have our food distribution if you guys need food. Uh, what's the timing on that? Do we know? Three o'clock. I, I think that's wrong. Two o'clock to three o'clock. Two o'clock to three o'clock or two to three thirty. We also have the kids practice tomorrow, three to five. And then, of course, Sunday morning, the main event. So if we could all stand to our feet. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have gathered here today, Lord. We thank you that, um, that you're going to do something powerful here tonight, Lord. Lord, we just praise you for who you are. We praise you for the things that you have gotten us through. We thank you, Lord, for all the things that you're going to do. And we just, we, we want to we just commit this service to you, Lord. This is your church. These are your people. Lord, we just get, we honor and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Father, I just thank you so much for having mercy on our lives, Lord. Thank you so much for just being there in our lives, Father. And as we continue to service, Lord, uh, just allow us to come to you, Lord, and bring our problems to you as we continue to worship you, Father, so that we can just be filled by you today, Lord.
worship, Lord. Father, continue to fill us up as we continue this service, Lord. Father, enter us right now, Lord. Father, may, may we bring our struggles to you, Father. Let us be changed and renewed and restored today, Lord. Just thank you so much, Lord, for what you're going to do in this service, Lord. For what you're already doing in our lives, Father. your name we pray. Amen. You guys may be seated. We're going to go ahead and we're going to continue with our worship as we take our offering for tonight. Ushers, if you want to make your way forward. Our worship is more than just our singing, it's, it's our, our living and the way we give as well, that we give regularly, generously, and sacrificially to the work of the Lord. Lord, I thank you for, thank you for all that you've given us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we are blessed so that we can be a blessing, Lord, and I just pray just pray, Lord, that uh, over every hand that gives tonight, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, bless the seed that they give, Lord. May it be a hundredfold return back to each and every person, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you're a good God and a generous God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as the ushers make their way back, see, I guess that's why... You don't really ever want to miss church because you kind of don't know what's going to happen. So we sort of had a guest appearance pop in and Sherry was like, well, did you know Dan was coming to church today? And I was like, Dan who? Because I didn't expect this guy to come walking in the door. So... Um, I figured that uh, maybe uh, Dan could uh, just let us know kind of a little bit about why he's back and kind of just address us really quick. You don't have to take a long time, but just say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Good to be back. Uh, kind of came back sooner than anticipated, but just so much happened in such a short period of time. Uh, had a problem over there, which I guess is a good problem. You know, Brian asked me before we left if we could plan a church and uh, got over there and there's a little, we were in the jungle most of the time and there's a little town called the Barrio right outside where we get internet service to come out of the jungle and, you know, do the Facebook thing and everything and uh, we went into town and prayed for a couple people and I can't even put a number on how many people we prayed for and I asked Brian before I left I said out of all the people we prayed for was there anybody that didn't get healed and he sat there and he thought he said no he said everybody 
and when you're when you're staying in that type of environment, word gets out quick, and people were showing up where we were staying that he never saw before, and they were coming broken up, busted up, sick. They pray for him, they get healed, they'd go back to the mountains and tell other people, and then more people would come in. <clears throat> These people would walk miles out of the mountains just to come to hear about Jesus. So the problem that existed was we could start a church there tomorrow without a question in my mind, but there's not adequate support there to support that church. And Brian said, you got to stop. I said, I'm not doing nothing. Everywhere we went, it's just signs, wonders, miracles. Uh, and it's crazy because you're seeing manifestations that you see in the United States. You pray for somebody, and with an interpreter, you'd ask them, like, what do you feel? And, oh, I feel heat. I feel this. Same thing we feel back here. It's the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus healing them. And I guess uh, it was a little overwhelming, and uh, we just made the decision that it would be best for me to go uh, because it was just grown too fast, believe it or not. Uh, so got to hit the restart button. We did a lot of physical labor, a lot of good things, but I can share that with you guys later on. All right, well, welcome back, buddy. Glad to have you back. Love seeing all the videos and the different things that were going on, you know, um, just just awesome. Um, you know, just thinking about that guy scooping up like concrete with his bare hands and just putting it in the blocks, you know, I mean, just, you know, and them dudes climbing the trees. I mean, it's just, just wild and just really, you know, uh, hearing about how hungry, you know, people are for God. It's just, uh, just an amazing thing, but. You know, when you go uh, when you go overseas like that, I mean, this is like courage, you know, taking courage. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how to be a courageous Christian. And, you know, there's a place at the uh, in the book of Revelations when you kind of get to the end. And I've read it before, but, you know, other people uh Somebody pointed it out to me, and, and it was just a shocker. And it's talking about, you know, the, the new Jerusalem and the city gates. And, you know, uh, there's no need for the sun because the glory of the Lord is, is lighting up everything. And it talks about there's people who are on the outside of the gate. And it talks about, you know, the, the, the idolaters and, you know, the unbelievers and the whoremongers and all these other people you know, people who practice witchcraft, and you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. And then, But it also says this. It says the cowardly are outside the gates. And it's like crazy to think that, you know, you, you understand that these different people, sinners, people who practice witchcraft, all that, you can understand why they're outside of the gate. But, but like to be thrown in the same category uh, with the cowardly means that, you know, God expects us to not be cowards. God expects us to be strong and be courageous. Amen. 
So we're to be strong and we're to be courageous. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, let's open up to Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6 is where we're going to start, kind of set the tone for tonight. Should be a pretty familiar scripture, I hope. Reading from the New King James Version, it says this, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. And uh, it'll be a short message tonight. And my message is entitled, Courage to Get a Miracle. Courage to Get a Miracle. And if you would just pray with me, Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. The name that is above every name. The only name under heaven whereby man can be saved. Lord, and I thank you for the remnant church, the, the on fire church, the, the people that you are raising up, Lord. That, that the people that, that you're raising up that are going to turn this town, turn this community, and turn this world upside down, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that... All the amazing things that we've saw, Lord, that we're just scratching the surface, Lord. So I pray that uh, this would be a message that would uh, strengthen and build up the people that are here, Lord. I pray that uh, the word would go out and it would find its mark and it would do exactly what it's intended to do. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, you know, a, a lot of you know the history. This started as a church plant over in Moon Township, and in 2006, New Hope Church came for the first time. Sherry, my wife Sherry was the, the real estate agent. She had heard from uh, her mother, uh, worked at um, Cheryl's Hair Creations. It was a beauty shop down by the Orbit, and she was one of the only people, like, in town that could still do a beehive hairdo. So, like, all these, like, old ladies from Ambridge that, like, wanted their hair done to a beehive, she was, like, kind of one of the only game in town. And so they were coming, and it was, like, these older Catholic ladies, and they were sharing that uh, the Catholic Church was consolidating and was getting ready to sell their building. And so small group of people came and, and began uh, looking at the church, and um, we walked in, and as soon as I walked in, it was like I got this vision in my mind. It was like I had this picture. It like, it played like a movie. Like, although I was like walking in and I saw all the stuff and there was still like, the altars were still built. I mean, it was still a Catholic church. It was like, for a second, it was like God took me in the spirit and began to show me things that he wanted to do here. And as I looked around in, in, in the church, I, I saw that the entire church was was filled. And it, it was so beautiful because, you know, just like how um, in the book of Revelations, it talks about people from, you know, many tribes and, and tongues and nations worshiping the Lord. It was like there was just this diverse group of people. And you can tell them it was like uh, just all these different faces and races and, and people from all these different backgrounds. And, and this place was packed out and everybody was 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 praising the Lord, and, 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 and you could feel that there was just an energy, and there was just a, a like, like the Holy Spirit was just moving um, among the different people, and I had this feeling, you know, uh, 
that, you know, it's kind of like when you, when you dream, you kind of like know something somehow, but you don't actually like witness it. But it was like the same way. The people that were here that were, that, that were worshiping, it wasn't, it, it was more than just people who just like were attending church here on a Sunday. Like these were people who were actually living here and they were people who who had their lives changed and and there was like a group of uh, of men that were worshiping the lord that i could tell that sort of came out of some kind of addiction or 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 incarceration and they were together and they were worshiping the lord and then there was a group of women that were kind of like in coming out of the same sort of predicament and were worshiping at the same and then there was like a large group of of teenagers that were just and they it was like all in unity they were just worshiping and they were and they were praising the lord and and this place was like this city on a hill and there was like these rays of light that were kind of shining out from the church and they were and it was shining all through Ambridge and everywhere where like these rays of light were touching, it was like bringing life. So like in places where there was, you know, nothing but like hopelessness and, and, and violence and, and poverty, it's like these rays of light were, were touching it and bringing love and bringing life and bringing joy and, and bringing prosperity to the area. It was like it was, it was kind of like bringing these areas back to life. Like they, they, they were sitting in darkness and, and they came and they like were coming back to life, like when these rays of light um, would hit them. And and this building was just, it was all just repurposed. And it was just so beautiful from kind of top to bottom. And 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 it was like this headquarters. And and there was a, a another man who had a, had a vision, and he was he was sharing with us, and and he said that there, there was like a man that was standing on the front steps, and. And it was like if you've ever seen anybody just like skipping rocks, like he was, this guy was on the front steps and he was just like throwing rocks and he was just kind of winging them. And, and it, was, it was like noting that, that people were coming here and they were being raised up and they were, they were getting sent out as this like man was sending people and he was sending different people. And there were people going to, to pastor existing churches and there was people that were going out to, to, to start new churches. And then there was people that were going out as missionaries all over the world, and it was all coming from this place. And, and, it, and it was like, you know, and I'm sitting there, and at that time, I'm not even pastoring, I'm not even licensed, I'm not even, but, but it was like I could see all of it. I could see all of it, like, so clearly. And, you know, now I, you look back on it, we're like, you know, uh, what, uh, 17 years later, and 17 years later, we witnessed some of that come to fruition. Some of it has, has been yet to happen. Some of it uh, hasn't happened yet. But because of what I saw in God's faithfulness to, to, to bring the church from where it was, to bring it to where it is now, I know that everything that I saw in that vision will happen here. I, I'm sure of it. I'm, I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely sure of it and because I, I can tell you that, that I am a person who believes in miracles. I hope that I'm not the only one to tonight, but I believe in miracles. I believe that we serve a, a big God and I, 
And, and as bad as I want to see all those things happen, I want to see the church grow and I want to see people get saved and get set free. As much as I want to see all those things, God wants to see those things even more. And really, we, we just get to, to go along for the ride. So I talk about it, and we plan for the future, and we, we, we plan to grow, and we plan to build new ministries, and that's the track that we're on. But I will tell you that the problem with having a vision from God and the problem with, with, with having something that God puts in your heart, there's always people out there telling you why it's not going to work. There's always people out there that's going to tell you that, you know what, I, I knew somebody who tried that a long time ago, and you know what, it didn't work. We tried to open a house like that, and you know, it didn't work. And my, my friend went out there, and he tried to start a church, but you know what, like people just don't want to hear it anymore. People will always tell you why your plans can't succeed. They'll always try to tell you why your dreams can't work. And, and they'll try to back you down a couple notches and they'll say, you know what, maybe you should just be reasonable. I can remember, uh, you know, the, 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 the pastor before me. I mean, he was, he was a great guy and, um, you know, helped me out a lot and poured into my life. But, you know, he spent his whole first year basically trying to convince me and everybody else why we should... Just, just sell everything and let's get something smaller. Let's, let's go down to something that, that we can afford. But the thing that he was missing out, that it wasn't about we can afford it. It was like, what can God can afford? Like, what are we believing God for? Well, come on, don't you just want to be, you know, reasonable? Just get down, you know, if we get something smaller, then there won't be as much maintenance. And, you know, we, we can just kind of, start over from that but you know if you think that I deal with opposition now because I you know I've, I've just got a little bit thicker skin and I've just got used to people telling me that what I can't do and and telling me um you know that that, that I should just you know back down and I, I've 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 got used to it but I mean, and if you think that uh, people would say stuff to me now, I mean, should have saw like 11 years ago when I first started pastoring. I mean, I, you know, I don't think anybody believed me. I mean, I don't even think my own wife believed me. I think she just wanted to be supportive, but she's like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I was a new pastor. I mean, we didn't have any money. We had about 30 people in the congregation. We couldn't even come over here because the, the, the heat didn't work, so we were, we were downstairs in the, in the church basement, and I was still talking, you know, in the way that I talk now. I was saying the same thing, sharing the same visions that I did back then. Everything needed fixed. Everything was absolutely falling apart, but, and I can tell you this, that even though people don't believe in you, when you have a word from the Lord, when God puts something inside your heart, when he puts a dream inside of your heart, it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks. It doesn't matter if your friends don't believe in you. It doesn't matter if, if your mother doesn't believe in you. It doesn't really 
matter if your bald-headed granny doesn't believe in you. If God says that he will do it, then he will bring it to pass. Could I get an amen? He told Abraham, he said, you will be the father of many nations. At that time, he was 75 years old, a little bit past the age of, of childbearing, but it says that God told him that you're going to be the father of many nations. You're going, your wife's going to have a child. You're going to be a father. And, and it says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And, that, and it was 25 more years that he had to hold on to a promise, that he had to believe God that uh, before he, he saw it to pass. And, and I can guarantee you that there wasn't a person that said, you know what, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're going to have a kid when you're 100 years old. There wasn't a person that, that, that would believe him, but Abraham decided that he would let God be true and he would let every man be a liar. Mary had an angel that, that came to her. Right, we're, getting, we're, we're finally getting decorated for the Christmas season. So we had, uh, Mary had an angel come to her and say, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You're going to have a child. She said, how could that be? Since I don't know a man, how, how could that be since I, I'm still a virgin? And the angel says that, that with God, nothing will be impossible. The Holy Spirit will, will come upon you. And, and she responded in faith saying, let it be according to your word. And we have a choice tonight. We can choose to have faith in God, choose to be courageous, choose to believe in the word of God and choose to, to walk in this word and do what this book says, or you can trust the world. You can trust your logic. You can trust your reason. You can trust the things that your uncle told you. But I'm going to choose to believe the word of the Lord. The passage that we read says that Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God without our faith. If, if God puts something in your heart, he wants you to believe that he can bring it to pass. He doesn't want you to give up. He doesn't want you to quit. He doesn't want you to settle or just get, reasonab or, or just get reasonable. He wants you to get on fire and say, you know what? I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm not sure when it's going to happen. All I know is that it is going to happen. All I know is that I got a word from the Lord and that, that, that I'm going to stand on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe for something. And I know that everybody in here is believing for something. And sometimes we believe so long that we start to give up and we just start to let go. And we just start to believe that, that it's too late or maybe we missed God. Or maybe it's just not going to happen for us. For some of us, it's, it, we, we need 
We need to be healed. We, we, we've dealt with some physical issues for so long, and it's, and, and it's, 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 putting, it's getting to the place where it's stopping the, the plan of God for our life, stopping our dreams, and, and we've just settled, and, and, and we tried to believe that we would be healed, but it just seems like no matter what, we're just stuck in the same place, and, and, and we got prayed for, but we're still there, and, and we just, we're, we're trying to believe God, but it's hard. We're struggling. Some of us need to, to get a, a financial blessing and, and, and our back's against the wall. And, and if something doesn't happen, we're, we're, we're not going to make it. We're going to lose our house. We're going to lose our car. We're not going to be able to have a Christmas for our kids. And we need something to come through. Some of us need healing in our families. Our families are jacked up, and, and we're believing the Lord that, that, that things are going to come around, that, that God's going to bring about a healing, that, that everybody in our family is going to be saved. But we prayed, and we believed, and we stood, and we haven't saw it come to pass yet, and we're starting to give up. Some of us, it's a relationship, maybe a, a marriage. Some of us, we, we have a dream in our heart that, that, that we want to start a new business or, or we want to go back to school or that God would use us in, in some kind of ministry or that one day we would go overseas and, and do something for the Lord. But it just seems like there's too many obstacles and there's too many things that, that stand uh, in in our path, it, it seems like the only way that it would happen is if we would get a miracle. But I have good news for you tonight. We serve a miracle, wonder-working God. And my question for you tonight is, do you have courage to believe once again for your miracle? That's a question that I have for you. I'm preaching better than your amen and by the way. Thank you. <laughs> So I want to get into uh, the scripture, and, and I want to look at a story of a man who needed a miracle. The story is found in Mark chapter 10, and it's going to begin in verse 46. And I just want you for a moment to just picture that you're born blind, that you can't see at all, that you can't see anything and we don't know if this particular man we don't have any history on him we don't know whether he was blind since the time he was born or we don't know if something happened an accident happened and he became blind we really don't have that information but but we do know that the condition that he had the blindness that he had prevented him from working or doing anything productive so his life became simply that of a beggar that people would take him to the side of the road that he decided to go to the Jericho road because people would have to pass by to go uh, to Jerusalem and so he, he could sit on the side of the road and they would have put a special garment on top of him that that everybody would have known that, that that he was blind and he was a beggar because he would sit by uh, the side of the road and and maybe he could get enough scraps maybe people would be on their way to the temple and they would want to atone for their sins and feel bad and put a couple extra coins um, in, in in his cloak 
that he had and, and, and hoping that you would get enough money so that you could get something to eat, hoping that you got enough money that you could pay for a place to stay in and take care of your needs. But one day Jesus came walking by. And that's what we're going to read today. The story of a guy by the name of Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Verse 46, reading from the New King James Version tonight. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I won't do that to you. But we did hear that song earlier. Have mercy on me. Verse 48. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Man, I, I, love, I love that story because, you know, one touch from God in his life was forever changed. How many of you know that just one touch of God could change your life forever? That's why I, I love the people who come to church on Friday, even though it, it's not a, it, it's not the big crowd like it is on Sunday, but the people are hungry and and when you come to God's house, when you come in faith and you come in expectancy, then you're in a place where you can receive a miracle. You're in a blessable place. You're in a place where God can touch. Sometimes it just takes one word from God that comes into your life, one seed that gets planted in your life, and it totally changes the entire trajectory of your whole life. One touch from Jesus and his life was forever changed, God can touch your life in a way and bring you to a place that you never thought that you'd be able to, you'd be able to achieve before, a place that you never thought that you would be. I never thought that I would be a preacher at a church, never once. Most likely to go to jail in school, yeah, that's where I thought I would be. I never thought that I would be at the place uh, that I'm at today, God can touch you and, and put you in a place where you never thought you would be. <clears throat> I know I quoted a lot, but it's one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 3.20. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you could ever dream of or imagine. That means as far as you're able to believe, 
that God can do for you. That as much as you can stretch your faith out to believe something that, that God can do for you, he can do greater than that. He, he, has the, he can do greater than you have the capacity to believe for. They even had them, I mean, you never hear that word, exceedingly, abundantly. They had, to, they had to come up with a word that's greater than abundant. Exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ever dream of or imagine. That's what God can do for your life. That's the faith that we're supposed to have. And, and if we look at that story, I mean, it's a good story, but... What are the things that we can look at that story and take away uh, and, and apply to our life? Because we don't want to just we don't want to just gather information in our brain. We want to take the word of God and and we want to live it out. We want that word to 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 transform our very lives. And so just reading the word and studying the word, there should be something or some way that we're different because of what we read tonight. The first thing that I want you to, to think about, um, just with this idea of courage to believe for your miracle, first of all, you have to believe that God can and that God will. Blind Bartimaeus heard Jesus coming and he immediately started yelling. It says that he was, he was begging and you know, there's this great multitude following Jesus, going around with Jesus. And, and, and you know, a lot of people that um, when they lose one sense, their other senses kind of get heightened. And so, so he, he, he couldn't see, but, but, but his hearing was, was heightened. And he heard a bunch of people coming and, and he said, you know, what, what is going on? What is all the noise? What is all this this hubbub around and and they said Jesus is coming and immediately he be begins yelling son of David have mercy on me and, and that son of David that would have been the messianic title for Jesus in other words he was saying that 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 I know who you are that you are the Messiah you are the one that's called you're not just a a, a good teacher you're not just a just some kind of hippie preacher. You're not just some kind of rebel. You are the Messiah. You are the promised one. You are the descendant of David. You are the, the son of David. And, and he was saying that, that I know that it's, you're the one that God sent, that you're God in the flesh. And no doubt that he heard of the miracles that Jesus was doing. He heard about the, 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 the people that were getting healed, the demons that were getting cast out, the lepers that were getting cleansed. He heard about them, and, and he says, you know what? This is my shot. This is my chance. I believe that, 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 that Jesus is God in the flesh, and I believe that if I can just get close to him, that he's going to heal me. In the book of Acts, it says that God is no respecter of persons. That means that whatever he does for another, he can do for you. Bartimaeus, hearing the stories of the miracle, said, well, if he healed them, then he can heal me too. That's why we, we have testimonies when, when somebody gets healed. That's why we 
put crutches and, and neck braces and, and things like that up there. And when we have a, a miracle, we want people to share. And, and Dan was sharing the miracles and, and the healings because there should be something inside of that. When you hear that, you say, you know what? If, if they could be healed, then I could be healed too. If that person is blessed, then I could be blessed too. If, if God can, do, can open that door for that person, he can open a door for me. We need to believe that God can and God will. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For we must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the first thing is that we believe that God can and we believe that God will. The other thing that when we're having courage to believe for a miracle, to believe a big dream, to believe something that people think is impossible, you need to expect opposition. And you need to not let that opposition stop you. A lot of what you see in the world is more of a cultural Christianity than a biblical Christianity. A lot of people, you know, they go to church, but if they didn't go to church, their life would be relatively the same. They, they kind of go to church, but, but they live their life almost in a secular way but they call themselves Christians, and when you begin to believe God for big things, hard things, miraculous things, supernatural things, then all of a sudden uh, it, it goes against people's thinking, especially here in America. Uh, Bartimaeus saw Jesus, and immediately when he heard it was Jesus, he began yelling, and, and as he began yelling, they didn't encourage him and say, yeah, you know what, here, let, let us help you get up front so that you can receive your miracle. They told him to quiet down. Shut up, beggar. Quit yelling. What's wrong with you? But you know what Bartimaeus did? He began yelling louder. He didn't let the voices stop him and say, all right, you know what, I'll just shut up. No, he was hungry. He, he knew that this was his chance. He, he needed a miracle. He needed to receive his sight back. He was like, this is not my lot in life to sit here alongside the road and just beg for scraps. No, Jesus is coming, and I'm going to make sure that I get his attention because I know that if I can get his attention that, that he can heal me and I can get my sight back and I don't have to beg anymore. But not everybody's going to understand what you're doing, they're going to say that you're too radical. Can I tell you that, I mean, I can't tell you how many people were telling me, you know, whatever you do, make sure you don't quit your job. Like, I was a young, I was a young pastor, and they would have these pastor's meetings here, um, you know, right here at the church, and, and I was kind of just an assistant pastor, I was like the youngest one in the room, and there would be these older pastors there, and they'd be talking to me, and he'd be like, well, you know, I'd start sharing with, you know, hey, this is what I, I really see for, 
you know, God wants to do here, and I think this is what God wants to do through me, and this is going to be my life's work. He'd say, well, you know, that's great and everything, but, you know, you really don't want to lose your pension, you know. You, you really don't want to lose your benefits, you know. I'm like, well, you know, if that's what God calls me to do, but these guys, it wasn't like these guys were unbelievers. These guys were pastors. But they weren't encouraging me to pursue everything that I could for God. And you got to understand that when you're really believing God for something big, when you're believing God for a miracle, people are going to resent that. Because deep down inside of themselves, they want to believe for that too. They want to believe for big things, but, but for some reason, because they weren't able to make that step, they, they don't want you to make the step either. The common will always, they're, they're always going to resent the uncommon. And as soon as you start to kind of pull yourself away from the pack, as soon as you begin to believe for something bigger and, and something greater, it's like all of a sudden people begin to come out and they begin to, to, to oppose you and they begin to say stuff to you. And, and, and it's like crabs in a bucket. You know, the, the, the whole story of, like, the, the black crabs in a bucket, they're kind of, you know, you, you have these black crabs, and they're all in a bucket, and they're kind of just, like, rattling around, and they can't see over it. Then, then all of a sudden, there's one crab who kind of manages to get his way up to the side, and he pulls himself up, and he looks, and he says, hey, guys, there's a whole big world out here, and maybe we can get out and, and explore it, and they don't. The crabs decide not to help them or not to, okay, we're going to stack each other up. They grab that one and they pull them down. So you got to be really careful of that. you got to be really careful about people trying to talk you out of what God called you to do. You know, you look at a, a story like Jericho. You know, when, when Joshua was leading the, the Hebrew people and they... They, they came to Jericho, and it says that, that Jericho was tightly shut, right? This big, gigantic fortress city with walls so thick that, that people were, were, were living in them. And, and, and God told them to, to march around for, you know, for seven days to every day to go and march around. But, but, but they, they weren't allowed to talk. You know why they weren't allowed to talk? Because there would always there'd be a bunch of people, and they would all find each other. All the doubters would all find one another, and they'd be like, this is stupid. Why are we, wa why are we walking around these walls like seven times? Like, I don't want to do this. Like, does he really think that God's going to make these walls fall down? I mean, there's something wrong with this guy, man. Maybe we need to get another leader. Maybe Moses was wrong to put Joshua in charge, right? And that's how people are. And I think that, that God just wanted them to be quiet because he didn't want that doubt and unbelief creeping up. That's what he did with John the Baptist's dad. John the Baptist's dad was, you know, he was older. His wife was older as well. Angel Gabriel appeared to him and said, you're going to have a son and he's going to be great. He's going to be a prophet of the most high. He said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to happen. All right, you don't know how it's going to happen. I'm going to shut your mouth, and you're not going to be able to speak anymore because we're not going to deal with your doubt and your unbelief. And he wasn't able to speak again until they named his son John. 
So expect that people aren't going to understand you. Expect that people are going to say that you're doing too much, that you're getting too radical. Why can't you just be normal, you know? Don't change your lifestyle greatly, but that's not biblical Christianity. Jesus said that if you want to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Whatever you got to give up for the Lord, give it up. Whatever God calls you to do, go and do that with all your heart. Life goes by fast. And eternity is forever. And you can sit around here talking about you would have, you should have, but you didn't for the next 20 years. And then you get to a place where you're not going to be able to do it. Don't let people who don't have faith, who are full of doubt, who don't know the Lord, who's never seen a move in a powerful way, don't let those people talk you out of your miracle. Amen. Bartimaeus didn't stop. When they started telling him to shut up, he just started yelling louder. So expect opposition, but don't let it stop you. Number three, don't let your dysfunction continue to be your identity. How many people, when you first meet them, hey, how you doing? Like they have a certain identity and, and they just go by it, you know? There's a guy that, that, that I, you know, that I've been talking to and every time he calls me, he just tells me about his back's messed up. That's all we talk about. I tried to change the conversation like 25 times, but he just keeps sharing the, the, the same thing. And, and, and here's the thing, you can, you can wear an old identity that God has tried to take away from you. My identity is that I am in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. That's my identity. And you can't allow your former dysfunction to be your identity. It says that when Jesus began calling Bartimaeus, when he began calling him and they finally saw Jesus calling him, so they said, okay, he's calling you. Go over there. He didn't just go over there. As he walked over there, it says that he threw off his cloak. And, and it seems so subtle, but that garment would have marked him as a blind person. Because if you're sitting by the road begging and people are coming through with livestock and everything else and you can't see, it would have been a way that they would know, okay, well, well this guy's blind, so we kind of got to watch out for him. But when he went up to Jesus, you know, he was taking that thing off. He, it wasn't, he didn't wait till he got healed and, and take it off. He took it off on his way. As soon as Jesus called him, he took it off. And, and although we, we know him in the Bible and we call him blind Bartimaeus, after he met Jesus, he wasn't blind Bartimaeus anymore. That wasn't his identity anymore. He, he, he was the man that, that, that was blind that Jesus healed. He was, he, was, he was Bartimaeus who was now whole. He was Bartimaeus who was, who was now healthy. And, and he didn't keep his coat on just that, you know what, I, I know that, you know, Jesus might heal me, but I better hold on to this coat just in case. Because what if I go blind again and, 
and, and I'm not going to have my coat, or I, I, so I probably should hold on to it. And that's how, that's how we do that. We, we're kind of like one foot in, one foot out. Like, I'm going to believe God for this miracle, but just in case, I'm just going to hold on to this. But he said, no, I'm taking this coat off. This isn't my identity anymore. I'm not going to be known as a blind beggar anymore. And how many of us are carrying old mantles with us, old identities? I'm the person who was abused. I'm the person who was a- an addict. I'm a person who, you know, was a drunk. Bible says that you're a saint, that you've been made new, that, that, that old things have been washed away, that you're a new creation in Christ. Don't allow yourself to walk under old identities, old mantles, under old dysfunctions. Believe that God can set you free and that you can stay free and never go back. Amen. The final thing is to believe big. To believe big. You know, Jesus asked him, Jesus didn't just walk up and say, okay, I'm going to heal your eyes. Jesus said to him, what do you want? What can I do for you? He could have said, well, you know what? Maybe you could just give me enough food that could last me the month. Then, you know, I, I could go a month without begging. You know, maybe you could give me a new clothes. Maybe you could give me a new house, right? He, he could have, Jesus said, what, what do you want? But he said, I want to see. I want to see. That's what I want. It seems impossible, but, but, but that's what I want. I want to have my eyesight back. I don't want to be a, a beggar anymore. And he asked big, and guess what? Jesus said, your faith has made you well. His faith, because he had the faith to believe big. The Bible says that you have not because you ask not. And maybe you don't have the things that you want in life or the things that you need in life because you have not asked God because you don't know 100% if he'll do it. and You don't want to be let down. So you're not asking big enough. And can I tell you something? It's, it sounds cliche because we hear it a lot. But guess what? I'm going to say it again. We serve a big God who can do big things. And it takes courage. To believe for a miracle. It takes courage to believe for the impossible. And, and, and you have to press in to Christ. And, and sometimes you have to wait on God's timing when it doesn't come automatically. And, and you have to quiet those voices of doubt that not only come from the outside but are speaking in your own head. But, but, but God will show up every time and do what he always does, he'll come and he'll work a miracle in your life. Because we serve a mighty, miracle-working God. But it takes courage. You know, the, the people that, that Dan talked about praying for, you know, to walk up to somebody and, and, and to, to pray for them and and, you know, you don't speak their language and there's a bunch of people around and you're sitting there like, okay, I'm going to pray that this person is asking, they're, they're, they're sick and I'm going to pray for them. And what if this doesn't go right? God wants us to, to, to abandon all that and not be double-minded 
and believe him at his word and push on and have the courage to believe for the big things, for hard things, for impossible things, to, to pray big prayers to a big God who's faithful. Jesus said, greater things you will do than I do because I go to be with the Father. He said that anything you ask the Father in my name, I will do. He said, whatever you pray for, believe that you receive it and you will have it. It says that every promise in him is yes and amen. And that's why it says that when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith in the world? Will we find faith in the world? Or will he just find a bunch of people that are going to be reasoning? I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to be reasoning. I don't want to just walk the status quo. I don't want to just do church. I want to see a move of God. I want to see the power of God move. I want to see my neighborhood change. I want to see people change and, and get raised up and, and be the people that God called them to be. Don't you just want to just say, you know what, I just want to go for it. I just want to give it all to God. I just want to give him everything and, 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 and throw it in and, and just say, God, I'm giving you everything that I have. And if I don't if I don't, if you don't show up and do this, I'm going to fall flat on my face. But can I tell you something? When God sees faith like that, he'll say, you know what? That is a person who is seeking me. That is a person who is diligently seeking me, who is willing to believe me. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You're not going to be... You're not going to be living your best life playing it safe all the time. You're not. You're not. You're always going to look back and say, you know what? I, w I wish that, you know, I had the chance to go and do this thing. I had a chance to go on that mission trip. But you know what? I just I couldn't because, you know, I couldn't get off work that week. Or, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to go and I wanted to do this and go on this trip. I got, I got asked, um, you know, and I kind of, I, I was sharing a little bit with Dan, and, you know, I got asked by, you know, Bruce, I always mess up his last name, Latibue. I, I got asked by him that, you know, that, that I would come and I would train with him, uh, going to, to a, a place in Alabama in January, and then, you know, this summer at his place on Conneaut, you know, he said, you know, I... I want to take you out and send you out on the field to a team. And, you know, firsthand, you know, going out there to, you know, to, to rescue these people that are stuck in human slavery and human trafficking. And when he first asked me, I said, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in. I want to go. And then I got home, and I'm like, man, what the heck did I just sign up for, man? Like, I, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But you know what, it, God's going with me, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to work out, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take that next step and see, you know, what God has for me, and I'll take the step after that, but, but if God calls me to do it, then there's no way that I can fail. Whatever God calls you to do, you know, you, you can't fail, you know, e even if God would call you to to, to a mission field, and even if you lost your life, 
because you were preaching the gospel. Like, everybody's going to die. It's just why. What's, what's the reason and, and how? You know, and, and, and a person that, that dies, like, that's, that's graduation day for us. We get to go to heaven and we get to be with the Lord. It doesn't mean that I want to, you know, go to some country with a bunch of crazy head choppers and, you know, witness the Lord and, you know, get my head chopped off. I mean, I'm not looking to do that, but I'm looking to go wherever the Lord wants me to go. And I'm not going to hold anything back. Like, if that's what I'm supposed to do to be a witness for the Lord, then so be it. But you have to have the courage. To, to follow Jesus, I mean, you think about his word, to, to take up a cross, you know, we're, we're kind of like a little, um, I think we're, we see crosses all the time, we have cross tattoos, cross necklaces, cross this, cross that, but man, that would have been a radical statement, deny yourself, take up your cross, you know, that, like, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to take up a cross, this, this way of, this crazy way of, of killing people that the Romans do, the most scary thing? Take up your cross. Die to yourself daily. Live for the Lord. But when you abandon all that stuff and you live for the Lord, guess what? God is most glorified and you'll be the most satisfied in life. Amen? Let's, uh, Let's go to the cross together as we take the Lord's Supper. If you didn't get a communion cup, uh, maybe you can just stick your hand up and one of the ushers will come around and, and hand you one. Sounds like Dan brought a rooster back. That sounds like that rooster that was on the phone when we were talking. That rooster crowed three times too, man. I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what that meant. But we're just going to go ahead and move on. Jesus said, as often as you do this, Remember me. Remember what Jesus did for us. And in Romans 6, it says that when Jesus was crucified, that it's as if our old man was crucified. All we were before we knew Jesus was crucified at that cross. All our guilt, all our shame, whatever it was, it was, it was nailed to that cross. And then just as Christ was buried, our, our old man, our old life was, was buried. And just as Christ raised to new life, we are raised to new life, a resurrected life. And that's why Paul says it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside of me. So your new creation in Christ, the divine nature is inside of you. The nature of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And uh, in the book of Psalms, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits who
forgives all your sins and heals all your disease. So as we take the, the bread and, and the juice representing the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I, I want you to just remember that you're not the person that you were. When you said yes to Jesus, you, you became a new creation. And that he died so that you could be forgiven and that you could also be healed. And that's physically, that's mentally. You deal with fear, you deal with anxiety, you deal with mental illness. You can be healed from all of that. But you have to believe. And I'm not 100% sure where the intersection of, of God's power and our faith meets, but I know that there's a part that, that we play in this because when he told Bartimaeus, he said, it's your faith that made you well. So if you're here today and you're dealing with some kind of a, a physical ailment, whatever it may be, a mental, uh, maybe it's an addiction you can't shake, whatever it is, God wants to set you free tonight, once and for all. Go ahead and just close your eyes. And if you have your, your wafer in your hand, if you just want to lift it to heaven. Lord, we thank you for your body that was bruised and crushed. And Lord, we thank you for your word that says that by your stripes, we are healed. And Lord, I just pray that your healing would flow at the moment that we take communion. And we come into union with you today, Lord. I pray that everybody in here who suffers from anything, that they would be made whole in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and take the bread. And it's the blood of Jesus that forgives us from every sin. Go ahead and lift your cup up without spilling it all over yourself. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that your blood doesn't just cover our sins, that your blood takes away our sin. Lord, we thank you that because of you that we can wear our own garment, a garment of righteousness. So Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, go ahead and take it. Could we all just stand to our feet? If you want to just go ahead and, and, and raise your hands to heaven and if you want to pray in the Holy Spirit, you can go ahead and just pray in the Holy Spirit. I just want to, I just believe that, that the Lord just wants to have a holy moment with us. So if you just want to lift your voices, you can, if you have the ability to pray in the Holy Ghost, go ahead and just, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. If, if not, just begin to thank Him and just begin to pray and just lift your voice up to Him. Let's just fill this place and let's just make it a house of prayer. Maybe... There's some things that 
you know, that, that maybe um, you, you've kind of come into a place of doubt and, and, and now through this message you want to you want to really, you want to just believe God once again. There's something, there's a fire that begins to ignite. So why don't we go ahead and just, just ask him to, to, to bring those things. Just come into agreement with what God wants to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just lift up your voices to the Lord today. Thank you, Lord. Reba Bashorokoto Sarabeshila Bakata Saraba Sorokoto. Reba Kata Saragate Sharakoto Sarabeshila Babasi. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for a gift of faith, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give each and every person here, that you would impart a gift of faith in us, that we would just receive it. That we would just receive it today. We wouldn't hold back anymore. Lord, we just, we surrender tonight. We surrender it all to you. We surrender it all to you. We surrender it all to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're here tonight and, and you need prayer, especially in the area of healing for your body, you're dealing with some kind of sickness that uh, you, maybe you have a, just a part of your body that needs healed, you can kind of step forward and I just want to pray and I just want to agree with you because I, I believe that God wants to do something tonight. Just one touch of God can change your life and I believe that he wants to change everything tonight. So as we go ahead and worship together, if you want to just step up for prayer.
guys just want to stick your hands up. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for what you've done here, Lord. Lord, we stand in faith. We stand in agreement. Lord, we thank you that every prayer will come to pass. Every person is healed in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that our best days are ahead of us. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to bring every vision to pass. Every dream's going to come to pass. Lord, we're not going to hesitate anymore. We're going to be obedient to your word. And Lord, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for the things that are about to come. In Jesus' name. This service is going to is dismissed. We're going to stay and we're going to linger in his presence for a little bit. So, um, you know, if, if you want to stay and if you want to talk, just ask that you kind of just go to the back. We're just going to stay and we're just going to worship a little bit. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
praise you anywhere, Lord. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I sound like, Father. I'll keep praising you. I'll keep praising you. I want more of you. I'm nothing without you, Lord. I'll keep praising you. I'll keep praising you. More and more.
My light and my darkness, my God, that is who you are. You're my way maker, my miracle worker, my way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. You're my light in the darkness, my God, that is who.